Hello, I'm Nathan Armstrong. And I'm Andrew Delvecchio. And this is your Soccer Survival Guide. This is an international week, Andrew. And so today we have our survival tip number three. We have the Euro Qualifier Recap. We have Ask Me Anything. But first, Andrew, last week we had a lot of fun with Straight Outta Compton. We we did. We went through... You did more than I did. Well, I think everyone enjoyed that, including <laughs> the wonderful rap. But this this week, because it's international, I wanted to have an international flair for how we how we open the show. International flair. International flair, okay? And, and so I have written down the last five international teams who have won the World Cup here. We have Germany, Spain, Italy, Brazil, and France. Okay. Okay. So you're a music expert of sorts. Oh. That may be stretching it a little okay, bit. Okay, well, you're a music lover. <laughs> I do. And I'm an old person music lover. Okay. All right. So here's what I want to do with this. And I haven't thought about that. I'm going to think about this on the spot, just like you. Why don't we take each of these teams, pick a band that represents them? We're going to make an official band for each of the last five World Cup winning teams. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's start with Germany. Now, Germany this last year was one of the most impressive World Cup campaigns I've ever seen. They went into South America where only South Americans win. Mm-hmm. And they crushed Brazil 7-1 uh, in, this, in the semifinal. And then they went on to beat Argentina. It was a super impressive performance. What band does that make you think of? Um, do you want an honest answer to yeah, this? Yeah, why not? I'm going to say Germany is NSYNC. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. Thing. Together they are a juggernaut, but apart they are much weaker, except for maybe one or two of them. Okay. Because if you notice on the club level, a lot of these guys aren't performing as well as they are on the national level. Like, uh, just one example, Schweinsteiger. Looks Best chance Schweinsteiger. Okay. Much better usually when he's playing for Germany than he has, especially in his last few appearances for Manchester United and mm-hmm. whatnot. All the members are good apart, but together they're, they're this superpower juggernaut. So I'm going to say NSYNC. Think. Yeah. You know, I like it. Who's the, who's in Justin? Is is Thomas Mueller Justin Timberlake? Is that? E- either Mueller or um, Manuel Neuer. Manuel, Manuel Neuer? Because they're always consistent. He was a goalie who got, or I'm sorry, a keeper. That was the hockey Andrew coming out. Yeah, so. goalie works too. A uh, keeper who got nominated for the Ballon d'Or. So he, he's a juggernaut. I like himself. it. I like it. Germany, you uh, no strings attached. You are... You are in sync. You are. You are. Bye, bye, bye. Dirty pop. Uh, Spain, España. They won, they won, I guess now five years ago. Yeah. Uh, they, they won they a Euro won. right afterwards. Uh, that, that tournament, more than any others, felt like it was predestined. Uh, they were clearly the best team mm-hmm. in all of that. They, they really, really struggled this last, uh, this last World Cup. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. You know who they, who I think they are? Who are they? They are new kids on the block. New kids on the block. <laughs> they are NKOTV, where their their rise to prominence was so big, and they they just dominated everyone. And mm-hmm. you know, they were the biggest thing in boy bands and and pop sensation, and all of that. And then just as quickly fell off the face of the earth. Um, now I think they're going to Euro uh, Euro twenty sixteen is coming up. I think they'll do fine at that tournament. But uh, I think they are NKOTV. I, I can agree with that, especially because uh, they had that meteoric rise and they disappeared for a while. And now they're touring and stuff again the last couple of years. So you okay. start seeing that rise again. And Spain's playing a little bit better in these qualifiers. So I, I approve that. All right. 
Uh, previous to that, Italy won. They broke my France's heart with the Zinedine Zidane headbutt. Yes, they uh, made me very happy. That was the first year I was watching soccer and I was pulling for them. So. There you go. Who is Italy? Uh, what, what music? I'm going to throw this out here. I think Italy is Bon Jovi. It's mine. Italy is Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Okay. Even when they're like at their lowest, they still are one of those guys who are always around. And the people who love Italy, love Italy. And most people who dislike Italy, really dislike Italy. So uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I'm a Bon Jovi guy. And my grandpa was Italian, so I'm an Italy guy. So I can see, I get mad about certain things. And Italy, they're always a powerhouse, but they have years where maybe they're a little weaker than they were before. And then suddenly they resurge for a while, and then they're weaker, but they're never gone. So I'm going to say John Bon Jovi based on... They're up and down, and their fan base. All right. So, uh, so this year, what are they living on a prayer? Uh, <laughs> yes, I would say that very much with a convincing one zero win over Malta. Wee. Okay. Uh, now we have now we have the big boys here. Uh, Brazil. They won in two thousand and two. Brazil. Brazil. Uh, I'm just gonna go right out here and say this: Brazil are the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Because they have been doing it forever. They are always really good. Sometimes they go a little bit crazy and, uh, you know, lose 7-1 to, uh, to Germany. Germany. Sometimes yeah. they embarrass themselves on the very big stage. But you know they're going to come back with another hit album and another hit tour. And we, uh, they both have a really old guy who represents the beauty that they used to be that is still the face of them. So. Yeah. yeah. And I gotta be honest. I I, I gotta be honest. Um, doesn't uh, doesn't Neymar look a little bit like Keith Richards with his freaking hair like going all crazy? And... He looked really mad last <laughs> night, <laughs> sitting on that bench. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think Brazil. I think Brazil is a Rolling Stone. I can take that. All right. Uh, speaking of taking that, oh boy, France. We got France. Les Bleus. One of the only teams that you care about on the international that, level. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, they won in 98. They should have won in 2006. Yeah, they, okay, whatever you say. Um, they had sort of, not a shocking run, but they won on their own home soil when it wasn't necessarily expected of them, when Zinedine mm-hmm. Zidane just dragged them through that uh, through that tournament. And Thierry then, Henry was on that group, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, um, a young Thierry Henry in 98. And um, uh, so who who is France? France is Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Please explain. Well, here's the thing. They all sound like they're goats when they sing. (laughs) On their best day, they produce some of the greatest uh, football. And on Fleetwood Mac's best day, they produce some of the greatest uh, songs and albums that were ever made. I mean, Rumors was a phenomenal album. Yes. Which was written in the time in which they were breaking up. Yes. And all that. France. Also, I'm a sucker for landslide. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh, sucker for it. It's great. It's a great song. France, on their best day, are the mo- one of the best teams in the world to watch. They play pretty football. Mm-hmm. They um, they incorporate all facets of the game. They're great, and yet they can they can be extremely dysfunctional, uh, as we saw in 2002. 2002. <laughs> <laughs> where they got their coach fired midway through, and they boycotted the <laughs> boycotted the uh, the sorry not two thousand two two thousand and ten. Well, same thing in two thousand and two. Like it's just all over the place. I was gonna say two thousand six when their their best guy let someone trash talking getting a red card in the final. Yeah, so they can 
they can play beautifully. They have super talented players, and yet they it can all go up in smoke as they as they implode. And they are hosting on their home ground next year. That's right. So, hometown. So next week we'll have the awesome compilation album of uh, of NSYNC and uh, NKOTB and Bon Jovi and uh, the Rolling Stones and Fleetwood Mac. It's going to be a going to be a great compilation album of World Cup winners. Interesting set of jams. That's right. That's right. Make me a mix CD. <laughs> well, Andrew, we have come to our survival tip number three today. Survival tip number three. Decide your country allegiance. Well, let's start both by saying uh, we are both fans of the U.S. national yes, team, that first is, and foremost. that is my number one team, yes. And so we will follow them and root for them against any other team yes. in the world. Uh, that being said, I think you should, pro- your whatever country you belong to, whatever country you live in, that should be your number one team. Okay? Yes, so I agree. For all of our uh, listeners listening in Paraguay, become big fans of the Paraguayan national team. Go for it. For our Liechtenstein listeners, you know, root for Liechtenstein. So I think, you know, the country in which you reside, that should probably be your number one, your your diehard team. Well, it's interesting because I actually started uh, the opposite because when I was watching in 2006, uh, in the area I was in especially, it seemed like there was much less following of United States soccer. So they were actually my second favorite team. Right. And Italy was my favorite team. Because I'll say it a hundred times because of a family. Mm-hmm. Family was Italian on my mother's side. Uh, and they were fun to watch because they were always intense. But U.S. soccer has become such an uprising. And uh, there's it's so uprising. many more fans. become uprising. Well, kind of like... Do our, you hear the people sing? Singing French. the song no. of Donovan. No. Oh. Uh, I mean, our supporter group is literally called the American Outlaws. It's It's been a thing where like people kind of don't think we belong sometimes. Right. And it's been growing so fast that it's really cool to be part of. And this is the country that I was born in. This is where I'm from. Yeah. So it, it eventually I was like, a few years later, I'm like, okay, U.S. has got to be my number one. Right. Well, and that said... If the U.S. or Liechtenstein or Paraguay are your number one, then it's helpful to have another team you root for after they inevitably get knocked out of the major tournaments. Yeah, especially if a lot of your 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 I mean, either way, but especially if a lot of where you come from and your family comes from aren't even in the same conference. Right. Like if you have European roots, which is why I like Italy and Germany, you're really only going to face off world come world cup yeah. so so you are you're a fan of italy and you're a fan of germany yes uh because of your heritage yes. and all this i'm a fan of france because i lived there i lived there right after the uh france won the world cup and so now that fever and hysteria was was going on so i became a fan of the of the french national team uh, and it's provided interesting experiences lo- along the way following these teams and it and it's helpful because, as we said, we the, the those right there are three of the last five World Cup winners. Yes. And then if you add in when France played Italy in the final, uh, you know these teams have gotten far in major tournaments. So you do get to have a vested interest going in mm-hmm. throughout the tournament, as opposed to, you know, if you're just a fan of Liechtenstein, well, they're not making it through the qualifiers, so you wouldn't even follow the euros if you didn't have any other vested interest it's okay to like more than one team there is there there's going to be your one team but i think especially international it's okay to like more than one team it's okay to have some interest in another country sure the other nice thing is on international level yeah you can be diehard supporters and i think fans are more diehard about their country than they are their their club yeah in a lot of in a lot of ways and it pulls in more people so survival tip number three 
decide your country allegiance, pick your favorite team, we recommend where you live, and then pick other teams that that maybe you can root for, for whatever reason, even if you just like watching them play. I'm the kind of guy that starts a ranking system. So, Andrew... A recap section here. Yes. This was an international week. We had lots of European qualifiers. Yes, so much going on. So much. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, they have expanded the field now. They've expanded the field 24. to 24. So a lot more people getting in. And uh, teams, you're gonna too. See a, lot more, yeah, a lot more teens getting in. You're going to see a lot of these, what, what I've seen some of the reporters call minnows getting in. But I think that underplays some stuff. So I'm going to go through group by group, maybe say who's leading the group, Maybe who else is notably in the group, and maybe a note if I have that about the group. Sure. So you may have some stuff as well. Yeah, let's talk about uh, some stuff. Group A is actually my my most exciting, the one I'm most excited about, because I think the fact that there are 24 teams is underplaying that Iceland has outright won their group and is going to the Euros. Now, technically, they haven't won their group yet, but they are they have they, qualified. I'm sorry. They are leading They've the group. qualified. They and the Czech Republic have both But they're qualified. tied with the Czech Republic. Uh-huh. This is something... Iceland's been playing out of their minds. Oh, they've been I playing think great. That, that needs to be talked about and they're also in a group with the fourth place netherlands right now right and this is the this is the story of this group netherlands who were third of this last world cup were in the semifinals of the previous world cup they i watched i actually watched netherlands turkey in a must-win game for the netherlands and they got beat got pummeled now the score the score line wasn't exactly indicative of the game. I mean, it was pretty favorable to the Turks. But still, in a game in which they had to win, they showed very little attacking flair and impetus. Um, they are definitely missing Ian Robin, mm-hmm. uh, who is one of the best players in the world, who's out injured right now. But the uh, Netherlands are in very serious trouble to not make the Euros after coming third at this last World Cup. Yeah. They are falling apart. But I will disagree. I think the story of this group is Iceland. I don't want to take anything away from them. So I I, well, I love them. It's a it's a good story. It's happy. But are Iceland going to no, challenge no, at no. the Euros? They're no. Gonna, they're going to get pummeled, but I'm so could happy the, to see them do this. Could slash should the Netherlands have challenged at the Euros? Yeah. Uh, group B. Group B. Uh, let's just say Wales. Wales. Just about to qualify for their mm-hmm. first major championship in 57 years. 57 the fighting Bales. Years. Now, that's what I'm saying. I actually, I don't think it's all Christian Bale. It's they, not. they have a decent team. Did you just call him Christian Bale? Did I? I did. He's, they have Batman on their <laughs> team. Batman. I don't know if you That's how they're winning. I don't know if That is it. That's, Batman's you got, on their team. You got, you got, you got uh, Christian Bale, and you've got uh, uh, Ramsey Robin, and... Uh, <laughs> Oh boy, that's how they're, they're winning. Oh, you the names you, that got it. You've gotten the secret. Just interrogating the other team, uh, but you have Bailey, you have Ramsey, you have a group of guys, mm-hmm. and I think that the journalism is kind of undercutting what Wales is doing right now a little bit. They they very much ride on Bale being awesome, sure, but I think the team is much better as a whole than people are giving them credit for. I agree. I also would say, aside from Belgium, it's not the most difficult group. Well, Bosnia did get into the World Cup. They did, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, a lot of these groups are going to have a bunch of, as you would say, minnows that are just you have to beat up on. That's the whole point. And give them credit, they beat up on the minnows mm-hmm. and they held their own against the against the better sides. They are in a group with Andorra. I don't know if it's the story, but the team from this uh, from this group that jumps out to me is Belgium because they look like they could be a real threat at the Euros. I mean, there's tons of talent on this team. Yeah. You've got, 
Aiden Hazard and and Ben Teke and Dembele and all the other lays <laughs> on the team. So the talent is there, and one of the guys I hate the most, Marion Fellaini, <laughs> oh and his flying elbows, uh, and one of the best keepers in the world, and Thibaut Courtois. So this is a team that you that a lot of people are saying, you know, watch out for at the Euros because with all that talent, they could really make a push. Yeah, I think that Belgium is going to be a strong team. Mm-hmm. Um, team the Americans know well. I'm yeah. Doing. Group C. Group C. I don't have a lot of notes on Group C, but oh. I will say that Spain is leading at this point. Uh, followed by Slovakia. It uh, looks like it's probably going to be Spain and Slovakia. But Spain looking better. Yeah. I'll say that. Spain looking better yeah. after a very woeful World Cup. Right. This group is so top-heavy with Spain and a bunch of others mm. that it's really hard to take anything from it. So it's sort of like, we'll get to it in a minute, sort of like the England group where it's, you know, there's one good team, one okay team, and a bunch of garbage teams. Group D. Group D. Group D. Germany with a big win. This is the most this is the most interesting group for me because it's got historical teams. I mean, it's got the best team in the world in Germany mm-hmm. who look like they're look like they're cruising to qualify. They'll probably top the group now. Poland is challenging. Yes. Yes, but they they just they just beat Poland. Germany did. Uh, but both Germany and Poland are going to qualify and Scotland and Ireland are duking it out for that third for that half spot. qualification spot, yeah. and Ireland's in pole position. So it looks yeah. like Scotland are missing out. Ireland's four Europe. points ahead of Scotland right yeah. now. Four points ahead of Scotland. I watched I watched Scotland versus Germany. It was a good match. It, uh, it was in Glasgow, and Scotland played well, but at some point in time, the class of Germany just showed through. Yeah. Uh, E.K. Gundogan was a beast throughout the game. I'm always happy when that happens because mm-hmm. he helps the German national team and he's mm-hmm. a Dortmund guy. There you go. Um, Thomas Müller popped up to score two goals. Good goals, but one of those right position, right times, which is where he finds himself all the time. Group E. Group E. I think another thing that's being undercut here. All I've heard about recently is the struggles of the English national team. But they are the one and only national team who is perfect through qualifications. That's right. Now they've won every single game. Congratu- I'm going to say this. A lot of people are on him right now. Congratulations to Wayne Rooney. Sure, top of the list for goals scored for England. Now it's a it's a great achievement against Switzerland, who's not a pushover team. No, no, they're a decent side. There's a penalty, but yeah. still, and okay. they are well well ahead of. Them. Sure, read off the rest of that group, however. Switzerland, Slovenia, Estonia, Lithuania, and San Marino. Yeah, and there you go. Okay, but there are other groups that we've said the same thing about and yes, but, aren't leading. but not to this degree, okay? Switzerland's not a bad team, but the rest of them are. They're very poor teams, okay? San Marino is one of the, you know... I mean, San Marino is the, the, the people beat up on. Right. The other squads that are supposed to be halfway decent or at least put up a fight, they're not of the caliber of, of any of any of those other. Like, Lithuania is terrible. Uh, Slovenia is terrible. Uh, these are all very small nations that got drawn into a group with England. So give England credit. Okay, they and, they handled their business. And if they were as bad as some people are presenting them, they may not have losses, right. but they may have two or three draws right. in there. They handled their business, but again, it's really hard to take too much from it. I take I take stuff from the Switzerland from the Switzerland wins, but I cannot give them full credit for topping topping a very easy group. I do think it's an easy group, but you got full credit for me, England. People have been crapping on you. You've mm-hmm. been doing a good job with it. All right, Group F. 
being led by Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. Northern Ireland. Romania atop has been climbing the FIFA rankings, but right. right now they're behind Northern Ireland. We can discuss FIFA rankings and how ridiculous they are and how meaningless in many ways they are. Uh, remember back when the United States was ranked like 8th or something? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, they were at one point in time. So it's the, the FIFA rankings, the way they're set up is a ridiculous system where you get points based on competitive matches versus other FIFA ranked teams and blah, 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 blah. That being said, should Romania be behind Northern Ireland? In the group? In this group. I think I think they're both appro- they're approximately the same caliber of team, so I don't see... A big issue with it. I think they're both qualifying, so I don't think it really matters. So it, this is probably the least exciting group. This, this group is boring. I actually love the fact that the Faroe Islands have two wins. I love the fact they have two well, wins. Well, and I think it's insane it, that Greece is sitting at the bottom of that. Well, group. yeah, they have Greece as Greece as a country and as a team. They're just a dumpster fire. So hey, you guys are gonna get back on track. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to him. Uh, the the country may <laughs> the team. Oof. All right. Group G got Group three G. more. All right. Group G being led well ahead by Austria. They uh-huh. are actually already qualified. This seemed to be a three horse race: Austria and Russia and Sweden, and it looks like that's going to continue. And then your beloved Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein, yes, down there at fifth. Yep. So the interesting thing is going to be one of these three teams, uh, or one of the two now, Russia and Sweden, are going to go into the playoff, which, as we saw last. World Cup, when Sweden had to play Portugal in the playoff and Zlatan Ibrahimovic didn't make the World Cup. It's interesting, only in that sense, that perhaps one of the theoretically bigger teams in Europe aren't going aren't gonna to make it. Mm-hmm. That said, none of these teams are challenging for the, for the Euros. They're not going to they're not going to win. They're not going to make the they're not going to make the semis. So there's not a whole that much intrigue, other than will some of the some of the stars like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Make it. I think it'll be interesting to see Russia. This is their last major tournament before they host a World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to watch them. Yeah. Uh, group H. This is the group that I've been watching with uh, pretty intently because I haven't been really worried about Germany. I have been worried about Italy. The Azuri currently ahead just by two points mm-hmm. over Norway. This has been kind of an interesting top three. It's been a little bit more rotating than most of the groups. Sure. With Italy, Norway, and Croatia. Now, a lot of the weirdly the press is on Italy's side a lot right now, which is not what usually happens. So like, oh, Italy, two wins, back in top of the group. Okay, two wins. I love them, but it's two one nil victories over Bulgaria and Malta. Okay. Is Italy back to competing? Well, they're back to flopping. I watched Italy versus uh, Bulgaria, and I have to say it was an almost unwatchable match. I will start with a positive. Marco Verratti is one of my favorite players in the world to watch. He is a brilliant little maestro in the middle of the park. He's a tough tackler and can mm-hmm. and can pick a pass. He's great. I love watching him. That said, Italy was playing Bulgaria. Yes. Okay. A team n- no one expects to do anything. A-, a game in which they should dominate. And every time a player came close to touching an Italian player, he would flop on the ground and cry and... And Chiellini all over the place. Well, that's Chiellini. Well, no, but this was that, everyone. That, that's what he did. The the penalty was a dive. Mm-hmm. The penalty that the, that gave him the one 0 lead was a dive. And I just think against a team like Bulgaria, you don't need to do that. Just outplay them. You're better than that. I watched all their games during the World Cup, and they seemed very on and off because when they came into it, they're like, "We're going to be a different Italy." 
And when I watched them play England, they were very much a different Italy. They were on their feet more. They beat England. They beat them outright. There wasn't a lot of complaining. And then I watched Uruguay versus Italy. Right, in the bike game. it was one of the worst games I've ever watched. Now, I love Italy, but both teams were just rolling around. And by the time Chiellini actually had something rightful to complain about, people were like, just stop complaining. And they didn't listen to him. So he's showing the bite and no one will listen to him. No, because he had spent the entire game on the ground. Yes, but... I think Italy needs to find some um, consistency with this because I've seen a lot of matches where they've been on their feet and then they let frustration get to them and they're just they're back to some old tricks they have because they're frustrated with how well they're doing right now instead of being like okay that was one game let's stay on this track they're better they're a better team than what they do when it comes to flopping skill wise yeah I think if they what if they let if they brushed off the frustration a little bit and they focus more on the skill. It would they would be much more unstoppable. I agree. Uh, that being said, Norway looking good. Croatia getting in a lot of trouble recently. Finally, Group I. The uh, to me, this is my least favorite group. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Portugal leads, followed by Denmark, then Albania, Armenia, Serbia. Uh, I don't see that as a super exciting group. No, but it looks like Portugal and Ronaldo will be there. Yeah, of course, you wouldn't have expected any other thing, and they will. Um, at the Euros, they will get out at their group and then probably fall in the first couple of uh, elimination matches. Yeah. That's just kind of their pattern. Unfortunately for Ronaldo, he has to carry a team without a ton of other uh, a ton of other stars. Uh, similar to the Luis Figo era, it was always a team that was sort of one off. They were just they were not quite up to the same level as the other big big uh, nations. Yeah. in football. Uh, that's that's Group I. I think Group I's most cut and dry one there. Yep. So uh, that is a, a little bit of a recap of the Euro qualifiers. There's still one more round of Euro qualifiers to be played. Uh-huh. Uh, I will be glad to talk about those when they come back up. Uh, but until then, I actually have made a list of a couple games for MLS this week. Oh, okay. Because most most uh, leagues go on break for international. Sure. Uh, because the MLS has a different season than most. They don't. Uh-huh. They keep playing. They had some last week. They're going to have some this week. Right. Uh, here's a couple games I think you should watch. Okay. The Galaxy and the Montreal Impact. Because A, it's the Galaxy. Sure. They're right now the, the most well-oiled machine in MLS right uh-huh. now. Their England gamble is working out way better than NYC FC's England gamble. Yep. Um, and the Impact have shown some really, really strong moments. Drogba just had a hat trick last week so i think it'll be an exciting game because you're gonna have a lot of people trying to shut down drogba but galaxy is good enough that they can do that um on top of that i think that you should watch toronto or new england if you're interested toronto Toronto, new england England because the impact and toronto are five and six so they're both sitting there there's about five i think last time i checked it's five points but they're at that playoff line right now so Mm -hmm. they're both playing for that and toronto new england will be bradley and outdoor versus jermaine jones so if you like the U.S. national team, you're going to see three of the biggest guys on it playing against each other. Good. So I think that'll be interesting, especially because there's big point battle between Montreal and Toronto. And finally, the Earthquakes and the Sounders. San Jose Earthquakes versus Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Um, Always a good chance to watch the Sounders because those that, aside from the Galaxy, they're the most stars on that team. Yes, very much. Femi Martins and Clint Dempsey. Mm-hmm. And they're always a powerhouse. Now here's the thing. They are a powerhouse. I started thinking of them as the Buffalo Bills in the 80s. They're a powerhouse who hasn't been able to get the big one. Mm-hmm. They have a U.S. Open. They have a Supporter Shield. 
They need to win the the cup. They really do because they have probably the most insane fan base out there. Oh, not probably. Um, they, they do. It's amazing out there. And they really need to get things done. And the Earthquakes have had some great moments this season. So it, I think it'll be a fun game. Also, uh, on again, off again, U.S. national team player Chris Wondolowski up front for them. Oh, so. yes. Chris, Chris Wondolowski. Always lethal, except when he needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> So, those are the three games, I think, if you want to catch one. Galaxy, Montreal, uh, San Jose, Seattle, and Toronto, New England. Great. Well, Andrew, we've come to that point in time again. Andrew, ask me anything. All right, I have four questions for you today. Four questions. Four questions for you today. Who would be your sleeper country to get to the final in the Euros next year? Sleeper. Someone that's not, like, one of the big, big boys. Okay. Um, Doesn't have to win, but, like, it's going to be, like, to get to the Germany versus who? Yeah. Um, well, in the Euros, it's not unprecedented. Don't forget Greece, who we talked about as a dumpster yes. fire. One a few. One you a few talked years about ago. being a dumpster fire. I just think they're having hard times. Uh, so the team, I I'm going to throw out Belgium just because I everyone is saying Belgium, and I don't think that's really a sleeper team anymore. Even though they've never done it on an international stage, so it would be they're not a sleeper team. Then it doesn't count right. as your answer. And uh, I love me some Iceland, but they're not going to do it. No. <laughs> no. Pick one, like, even if you're like, I would love to see them go up against a big boy in a final. Sure. Um, I will say Norway. 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 Why That'd not? Awesome. Mixed disc groove would be like, ah, oh, what did I do? Yeah. There's no logic or reason behind that. That's okay. Yeah. The Norse. They'd love you for it. Sure. Uh, here's a question. Should Josie Altidore have worn the armband as captain? I don't care. You have to answer. Should he? Do you think he Why would? not? Do you think it was yes. okay? Yes. It's fine. Do you think he earned it? I No, but I don't think it actually matters. No, okay. No, you can't can't dance around this like this. I want to know. Look at it as if the captain is a big honor okay. and a responsibility. Let's pretend that even regardless of what you feel about it, the armband is a huge, huge honor. Sure. Did Josie earn it? No, he probably didn't earn it. But that being said, for those who were on the field, I don't know that there's anyone who had a better claim to it. Maybe True. Jermaine Jones. I don't know. But do I think that it matters too much in an in a international friendly versus Peru? No. So did he earn it? Eh, I guess with those on the field, probably. But do I think it's a big deal? Not really. Well, I, I think the captain's armband is a huge deal. I, I think, think it's it a is huge, huge honor of who gets it. I think it is for a major tournament, for a major match, like when the U.S. play Mexico in the whatever it is cup that they're calling it, or the um, the right to go to the Confederations Cup. Then whoever goes out there with the armband means something. Okay, it, when the U.S. play in the World Cup, hopefully, whoever has the armband, then yeah, then it means something. But in a friendly versus Peru, when only half the actual national team is in, is in camp, no, I don't think it means that much. Okay. Recently, we've had issues with the Netherlands had their, their manager and their captain call out a player mm-hmm. for a bad uh, play. Uh, you have NYCFC calling out players and whatnot. Um, you have Louis van Gaal, who has some trouble maybe keeping his mouth shut at times about deals with his club and whatnot. Uh, that being said, should... It'd be okay for a manager to call out players publicly to the journalists. Do you think it's good, or do you think it's okay, or do you think that should kind of stay in-house and have them kind of be on the player's side publicly? I think this notion has changed over the years. 15, 20 years ago, 
I would say a manager should never call out a player because uh, that stuff should be handled in the dressing room. The problem comes when now you have players making so much more money that they are more important to the club, they are they have more leverage and more power than the managers. So a manager has very little recourse if he wants to go and yell at a player and the player says, go fuck yourself, then the manager, there's nothing he can do, really, because if they go to the board, the player's going to win. He's got more leverage, mm -hmm. okay? If the manager leaves them off the team, then the fans are going to crucify him for leaving their best player off the team. Uh, the players are making so much more money than the managers. So I think now, sometimes, the only leverage that a manager has is to try to shame the player publicly or to try to take it to the, take it to the press. That said, do I think it happens too much? Probably, yes. Do I think managers are too quick to do something like that? Yes. I think it's a last resort mm -hmm. that uh, that should be in the manager's arsenal when nothing else works. Today is very much heavy on how I don't like how the media spins things, but I remember I, was, I saw an article that said uh, West Ham manager Sam Allardyce says he had the worst job in the world. I was like, what? So I clicked on it, and what he said was, literally the quote says, I had the worst job in the world. I don't mean West Ham. Which mm -hmm. I'm just like, automatically, I'm like, great, you clickbaited me, thanks. Uh, but he goes, I don't mean West Ham, I just mean being a manager in football. And he kind of talked about how people yeah. are going to hate you. Yeah. Either the fans are going to hate you, either the players are going to hate you, or the board's going to hate you. There's, It's almost impossible, unless you're winning every year, unless you're Sir Alex mm -hmm. Ferguson, mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to have all three love you. Yeah. Well, and think about the turnover rate now for, for yes. managers. Uh, Jose Mourinho is in his third year, and already there are calls for people to get him out. Four games into the season after winning yes. the league. You know, now, do I think that's going to happen? No, although with Robin Abranovich, who knows. But uh, Pep Guardiola is not renewing his Bayern contract, and he could go somewhere else next year mm -hmm. after, what is it, four years now. So it's the tenure of a manager, with very few exceptions— Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wegener is a short-lived thing because you're going to piss people off. And ironically, the manager at a club is probably the one with the least amount of power. Okay, Andrew, First, ask me anything. Have you heard about the Anglo-American Cup that's going into plans right now? The Anglo-American Cup. Anglo-American Cup. This sounds like cup. a horrible idea. It is a cup that uh, they want to play either every year or every four years. Mm-hmm between the best teams in the MLS and the best teams in the Premier League. <laughs> That's in the works right now. You're laughing, I know. Yes. I'm, I'm worried about it because it's not it's I don't think it's going to be good for the MLS. No. Um, but well, it's it's one of two things is going to happen with it. Okay. I didn't, wait, I didn't ask my question. Okay, the question, question is going to be: Is this a good idea? So there you well, go. Well, one of two things is going to happen. First, the first question I have is timing wise. Like because the two leagues play on opposite schedules, mm -hmm. it's when when are they going to try to do this? Is it going to be? It's going to be during one, one of their, their seasons, seasons yes. okay? And most uh, likely MLS season, right? So is it something that the Premier League? teams are going to take seriously probably not well, because I mean, it's a preseason friendly if you talk about it like a lot of these teams consistently are coming over to america to do this anyway oh it's sure. not going to change much yeah but you the reason you see all these mls teams occasionally beating these premier league teams is not because they're better than them it's because they're not whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we had a conversation once uh -huh. when arsenal came to play yes. the new york red bulls 
And you said to me before the match that even the second scrub team should be able to take care of the Red Bulls, and they lost. Right. That's what you said. I, st- I stand behind that. They should have been able to take care of them. And they lost. Right. But what you see from a lot of these uh, Premier League teams is they are, they're not sending their full squad. They're not trying as hard. They're, they're subbing, you know, they're doing 12 subs a game. And so do I think that an America's Anglo Cup or whatever that, you know, the Revolutionary War. American or American Anglo. Sure. Revolutionary War II Cup. This is where they'll get their revenge. Right. Do I think, do I think that the, that if it's happening in the preseason, Premier League teams are going to, are going to try as hard as they, as hard as they would if it were a real cup? No. Arsenal won three preseason trophies this year. Okay. They won the, Barclays Asia Cup, they won the Emirates Cup, and they won the Community Shield. Has it helped them in this season at all? No. Did they start all their all their good players in these games? No. The um, you had sixteen year olds playing playing in these cups, and I think it's going to be a lot of the same thing. That said, will it be fun to see these Premier League teams on a semi regular basis in a semi competitive uh, setting? You bet. Is it a good thing for marketing? Sure. Will it help perhaps the profile of the of the league? I think it'll help the profile of the Premier League in the U.S. Do I think anyone outside of the U.S. is going to care about the the uh, MLS teams? Probably not. Do it. People in Britain aren't going to care. It's a friendly against someone. I think it'll. I I, I disagree a little bit. I think it would help MLS a little bit, especially because if they do have to go up against Premier League teams every year. I think it's going to push them a little bit, and I also think it'll more people will start watching. You'll start seeing. Yeah. I think that even if you get like a thousand people who will watch, they're, they're Manchester United fans, and they watch them play the Galaxy, or they watch them play the Red Bulls, or NYCFC, or one of the, one of the teams that have the bigger markets, they can be like, oh wow, okay. But there, I feel like there will be a little a little bleed over where it'll be like, okay, well, I guess I'll. If they let's say they play well, they play them to like a two one. They're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe I'll check out a couple galaxy games now. Uh, throw in something shiny, and it seems like it's more important. That being said, I want the raccoon's guide to soccer. <laughs> like a, they're like magpies. They Ooh. just come over and they take it and leave. That's right. Um, We're trout fishing. <laughs> but here, fan, 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 fan. I think I know the answer to the second question. Okay. If you could see, who do you think is the marquee matchup of MLS versus Premier League to get the most attention, the most bang, and the best game? It has to be the perfect hybrid yep. of all three. It's going to be the Galaxy on the MLS side. That's that is the the marquee team in the marquee market. Mm-hmm. Um, the only team I'd argue that with, which I don't think would work, I think the only team you could argue that with is Seattle. Right. I mean, that's that, that's another, but the problem is they're way up in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. They don't have the bigger nope. media following, and they aren't as star-laden that's as what far they, as That's what they have going against yeah. them. So it's the Galaxy, and then you have to then you have to look at, at the other clubs. I mean, probably Galaxy, Manchester United, Yeah. especially if Manchester United is in sort of their little downward, downward spin. <laughs> Uh, but if they're Manchester United of old, that negates the the second part of the second part of that because I think a a good Manchester United team destroys the Galaxy. I think, but I think right now the Galaxy could compete right. with Manchester United in a match. Well, with, with how dysfunctional they are at the moment, and maybe not on paper with the skill, but with how they're gelling. The so, Galaxy are gelling way better than Manchester United. Um, the one of the interesting outside the box type ones I would think of would be I actually think the Tottenham match 
it's pretty good. There's a lot of Tottenham fans in the United States. Mm -hmm. They're a pretty big club, but not a club that's probably going to blow out, uh, blow out the Galaxy. So I think that's a good a good matchup. There's a lot of there's a lot of fans there. I'd love to see one of the a Spanish team come over because I I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. But you can't have Real or Barcelona. Not in the Anglo American Cup. Yeah, you know, and Atletico don't have the same cachet. And as those teams. Now, who would you want to see? If you could if you could say, all right, I get to go to this stadium. I want to see this MLS team play this Premier League team just because I want to see them play. Who's your pick? Oh, I mean, it's going to be Arsenal. Yes, versus? Like, Arsenal versus the Galaxy. So, it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. I'd, lo- I'd love to see that matchup. And, you know, I'd, I'd go... I'd go, I mean, I'd go watch them at the Emirates. That'd be great. Or uh, I could go... And go watch them in Portland. That'd be fun because that's a great crowd. Mm-hmm. Crowd there. I mean, the StubHub Center is good. So yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that, but I just think if Arsenal took it seriously, they would destroy the Galaxy. I would love to see NYCFC take on Tottenham <laughs> because I would love if they beat them. And if they lost to them, then like, what? What happens? I just still hate Tottenham. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we 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 can agree on we can both agree on that. We can <laughs> <Yes>. hate Tottenham. <laughs> I respect you, but I don't yeah. like you. Well, Andrew. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, Thanks for having me. And until next week, this is your Soccer Survival Guide. Woo! I'm